Hi, this is Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. I'm so glad you joined us. I'm walking a little bit down memory lane, and it all started because I told you the story of my pink dress. You'll have to go back and listen to it. I'm not retelling the story. And having told that story, it reminded me of some things that have happened in my life that are quite personal and quite um, powerful to me personally. I decided for a few days I'd share a few personal things with you. I am quintessentially the teacher. I want to give you information that will help your eyebrows up with information and your eyebrows down with formation that will lead you to transformation. So I'm afraid I'm awfully good at giving you stories and anecdotes and information. And the last few days, I've been talking about things that have affected me personally. I'm not certain exactly what year it was, but I think it's somewhere in the mid-1990s when someone very casually and cavalierly said, oh, you're such a people pleaser. And I can still feel, not sure what I said in response or what my face said, but I can still remember what I thought I was feeling, which was, well, that's a good thing. Well, that's a good thing. Uh, recently, I had um, dinner with a young man who is very dear to me, and he was in town, and we kept our social distance, and he uh, wanted to come and chat and talk about his life and what was going on. And I said, well, tell me what the biggest bummer is. And as he told us, he said, it's people. <laughs> I, did, I promise you, I did not laugh out loud. And I know he doesn't listen to the show, so I'm not in any way betraying anything. But I reminded myself of a time when I called my hero of the faith, Elizabeth, and said, I'm doing really well, but these people keep getting in my way. And she just laughed out loud. And to hear Elizabeth laugh is one of the joys of life. I, I said to her many times, I wish you'd just laugh into the microphone so I could have it forever. She had a tremendous laugh. And I said, that's not funny. I don't know why you're laughing. I didn't say anything funny. But she was able to say what we all know. If you want to get in relationships with people, you're going to get in trouble. Because people are people. And it makes me so conscious of the fact that what God did was tell us two things. The two-step, which we talk about a lot around here, which is the first step, love God. The second step, two-step dance, love others. Why did he call us to love him and love others? Because loving others is not an easy thing to do. And people-pleasing seemed to be like the right thing to do if you follow after Christ and he loves people, then doing what they want to do and helping them do what they want to do is a good thing to do. Except that there's something different about people-pleasing than there is about caring for people, being compassionate, being kind to people, listening to people. And I didn't know what that was until the mid-90s, and I encountered some information, and I'm going to ask you five of 20 questions, okay, five, and see which ones you say yes to of the five. I can be motivated by guilt. When another person is angry, I go in to try to appease them. Too often I'll do someone else's chores because they won't do them. 
There are times when I just give up on being serious or feeling understood. Being taken serious or feeling understood. Being firm can be hard for me at times. Hmm. Does that sound like you? That's just five. When I took the 20-person questionnaire, do you know how many I answered? And they say, if you take this questionnaire, all 20 of them, and if someone is really determined to take them all, send me an email and I'll send it to you, okay? If you get, I think, six or seven, you are in consideration and running for being a people pleaser. And I had 16. 16 out of 20. I thought, first, well, that makes me a really good people pleaser. But I didn't understand that being a people pleaser wasn't being responsible for what God had called me to do or for whom God had called me to be. So I'm going to give you a few things that I learned in that season that are part of my journals. Um, Self-imposed. People-pleasing is self-imposing. Oftentimes, when someone makes me feel guilty, they didn't wake up in the morning to try to make me feel guilty. They're just being themselves. And I take on the guilt. Do you feel that? I'm self-imposing their guilt. When someone doesn't finish their job, they didn't finish their job. Well, they just didn't finish their job. They didn't mean by their not finishing their job, I should do their job. But I self-imposed myself to do their job. And that's true of every one of those questions. So people-pleasing is something that we do to ourselves. We self-impose. We feel that this requirement is on me. I must keep the peace. I must be the one who makes them feel good. If they are in a foul mood, then it must be something I did and I need to fix. I didn't even know I was doing that. I was driving people crazy, but I didn't realize how much I was driving myself crazy. Now, the scripture is very clear to tell us that we are to encourage one another, but we're not to enable one another. Because when I enable you by letting you off the hook for something you said you would do, that's not an encouragement. If anything, it's a discouragement. I can encourage you. I'm called to encourage you. I can affirm you. I can affirm you for what you do. But when I enable you, I'm fostering an unhealthy habit in who you are. And I then um, am required to deny what is healthy. So when I enable you, what I'm saying is what you're doing is okay. It's okay. Because I'm, I'm enabling you to do it again. I'm letting, you didn't finish your job. It's okay you didn't finish your job. Mama got it. Mama, are you listening to me? You didn't take out the trash? And you're not going in there. They've just already gone to sleep. It doesn't matter. The trash man's coming before they wake up in the morning. Or in the morning, they're going to not be up when the trash man comes. So I'll take the trash out. Now, let me just tell you that those are what I call grace moments. And we used to have grace days. I can remember it to this day. I would go through the house, especially when my two nephews and niece and our daughter, there were four kids, and David and me and my sister-in-law. And I would go through the house and say, grace day, grace day. And grace day was, they got up, they didn't have to make their beds, they came, the lunches were made, 
breakfast was on the table. They had to p didn't pick up their dishes. It was a grace day. They didn't have to do any of that. But on the day you left your shoes in the middle of the living room, they went in the box. You didn't get them back till next week. That was regular life. So I want you to know I'm not saying moms don't do something kind for your children. I'm not saying, Mom, they had a really hard day today and he forgot to take out the trash and make it a grace day. But I am saying, if it happens regularly, then it's about you not encouraging and affirming who they are, bad habits and good habits, and you're not encouraging them to be healthy. It's about having respect for yourself. So this is the part that gets kind of personal for me. I grew up in a home that was not a home that um, offered respect, not respect for each other, not respect for the family members. They had not grown up in respectful homes. They had grown up in very disrespectful homes. Um, physical abuse, abuse of alcohol, and they were not, they had not grown up in a way to understand what respect was. And consequently, they did it to each other and to my brother and to myself. So my not having uh, a serious ability to respect someone was pretty normal. At the same time, God had been calling me, and I talked about this recently about how God showed me the importance of having character traits, whether you're a Christian or not. So Galatians 1.10 became my buzzword, became my standard, became what I knew I needed to do. And it's Paul talking to the church at Galatia in chapter 1, verse 10. Am I now seeking human approval or God's approval? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still pleasing people, I would not be a servant of Christ. My job is to get God's approval, not yours. And if you don't happen to approve of me, I'm very sorry for that. I wish you did. I wish I was a person you could approve of. But I can't wait for your approval and do things that try to get your approval so I feel better about myself. And that's what I was doing. And I'm so grateful for the process. So what I learned were these small, simple, people-pleasing identifiers, okay? Duty is your driving force. I really should let them talk to me, and then I do this, and what I shouldn't, and duty, I'm duty-bound. Secondly, I'm easy to set aside my own needs. Oh, my needs don't matter. My needs don't matter. I remember a doctor saying to me, you did what? And I had no idea that that was not physically good for myself, but I often did it, set aside my need for someone else's. Decisiveness. I found now I'm a brisk speaking person. I can be very brisk. I can still remember a southern friend of mine, a dear friend. She is still a dear friend. And she said to me in a very southern drawl, why, Donna, would you like to come for tea? And I said, no. <laughs> and she said, why, you could have said, no, thank you. <laughs> and we laughed. But I was caught in that moment because I, I can be very decisive. And, and it was interesting to me to uncover these things about myself because some things I could be very decisive about with certain people, but other people I was not decisive. I equivocated. And I let them 
And then when I would finally say enough, you know, like no, then I would say no in a brisk way. And of course, I would be offensive. But I thought that if I was decisive and said yes or no, that would hurt someone's feelings. Mm, no, it doesn't hurt someone's feelings. It, it's actually essential to good relationships. I also had trouble living within my limits. And for many of you who know me or have been around, you know that I have boundless energy. I do. It's, it's incredible. God has given me boundless energy. To this day, I'm, I daily am surprised about how much energy God has given me. I drink one cup of coffee in the morning. It's a big cup, one cup of coffee. I, I never take anything that gives you uppers. I eat very little sugar. I just have boundless energies. Well, if I drank a lot of caffeine or ate more sugar, I'd be a crazy person. But because of those boundless energies, I was hard to learn what my limits were. I also was very sensitive to people passing judgment. I wanted to hear, good job, well done. And if they didn't, I would try harder to get it. And if I thought they were passing judgment that they didn't like it, you could just give me a look. In our family, it used to be called the stink eye. If you got the stink eye, you didn't have to say anything, you just got the stink eye. You knew what you had just done wasn't good. Well, instead of saying, mm, your problem, you got the stink eye, I did my best job. I would let the stink eye get to me, and then I would be upset and overly sensitive and feel badly. I, I mean, when I look back and I think, I don't know how I got out of bed every morning with all these people-pleasing things that I was doing. I didn't do them all the time to all people, but I was still doing them. The next one was, I needed to have everything in control. Now, let me tell you that I understood that because of the chaos that had been in my life. There had been so much chaos in my life. The first two and a half decades of my life, there was so much chaos done onto me. And when I learned that Christ brought calm, which is why I said yes to God, and when I began to understand that there was another way of life, then I wanted that. So when people around me were causing chaos, I wanted to squash them. I wanted to take control of them and say, no, no, do it this way. No, do it this way. No, do it this way. Do you, can you hear me saying that? Do you ever do that? No, do it this way. And do you wonder if the no, do it this way is about you or about them? Well, a lot of times it was about me because I wanted it to be controlled. I wanted it to be done the way I wanted it to be done because that felt like control. Doing it their way felt out of control and that felt chaotic. That was my problem, not their problem. I had to apologize to my husband in mid-90s. Mm. I probably apologized hundreds of times. And then lastly, I learned that I was kind of dishonest about who I was. And by that I mean... God had created me and had given me some things that I was refusing to accept. I, I didn't take someone's compliment very nicely. I would just sort of slough it off or try to excuse it or someone even say something about that's a nice outfit or your hair looks good or even just a something small thing and I'd say, oh, well, I, uh, I, I learned to say thank you so much. Thank you so much. I learned to show God. Not only did was I grateful for how he had created me, that I was going to use it the best of my ability 
to glorify him. I learned to have empathy on myself. I learned to have confidence in how God had made me and what God had called me to do. It was a very powerful time for me. I look back on it now, and that's 25 years ago, 30 years ago, early 90s, and I can't believe who I might be today had I not learned that. Does it still creep in? Yes, it does, with certain people. It still creeps in. I can remember when my grandson was about five years old. The little weasel, he could have gotten anything out of me. He'd just look at me with those big brown eyes and make me laugh, and I would say, yes, Samuel? And then my granddaughter came, and she'd smile her beautiful radiant smile with her pink something on, pink or purple, and I was, I was just putty in her hands. Um, grandparenting's a little different, and you can be putty in their hands, but never people-pleasing. And I know there have been times when I've tried to please even my grandchildren, but I thank the Lord for this very, very powerful thing that he taught me. So that was my pink dress. And there was the wooden railing and the basement of the church, Lakeview Gospel in Chicago in the 50s. And there was people-pleasing in the early 90s. I think I tell you these three things because I want you to know that God is always in the business of rearranging us, of changing us, of giving us opportunity to be all we can be in him. And I want you to enjoy that so much. I want you to lean into it, to rest in him, to trust in him, to take today. It's not a normal time, but it is a day that we've been given by him. Wake up, enjoy it. And if you have signs of people pleasing, oh, call me, let me know, I'll help you. Also, wanted to tell you before we left our time together, there's been a little talk about having a Zoom homemakers meeting. Well, I don't know if you want to do that or not. But people write often and ask us, are there groups in my state? Are there groups? And have you ever had a group here? And we don't have any groups these days. We're doing everything on podcasts. But we could have a group on Zoom these days. So maybe we will, if enough of you show up and say you want to do it. I'm Donna Otto. This is Modern Homemakers. I feel like I've been talking about myself too much, so I'm not going to do it anymore. But I am going to talk to you the next time we're together about this question. Are you a thinking woman? Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day. And not people, please. <laughs>